Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I hope that you are all doing well, whether you're heading into winter or summer, depending on which side of the planet you live on. And I hope that you are all managing to push those warped eating disorder thoughts away and get on with eating a load of food, sitting on your backsides and really, really pushing into your recoveries, and that everybody is doing well at the moment. In this episode, then, of the podcast, I want to talk about what happens when you don't really have an appetite, but you're in eating disorder recovery, and whether you still have to eat. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, it probably means that you are in eating disorder recovery, or you're contemplating eating disorder recovery, or maybe you support somebody who's got an eating disorder. So what happens then when you're trying to heal yourself from this illness in which you are almost certainly weight suppressed, and of course you can be weight suppressed at any BMI, we're not just talking about people at a low BMI, and the weight suppressed because of ongoing restrictive eating and ongoing compensatory behaviours for eating, like compulsive exercise or movement, purging, laxatives, etc. So you're trying to get well, you're trying to heal yourself from this restrictive illness, you're trying to get your weight from the suppressed level that it is at the moment, you're trying to eat with no restriction. What then happens if you just really don't have much appetite or even no appetite at all? Do you really, really have to push yourself to eat, even when doing so not only feels very wrong mentally, which if you have an eating disorder, it is going to feel very wrong mentally until you're recovered, when hopefully it won't. Well, it definitely won't if you're recovered. But it will also feel very uncomfortable and even distressing on a physical level as well. Do you have to keep eating? If you don't want to listen to any more of this podcast episode, I'm going to tell you that in a nutshell, yes, you do have to keep eating. But if you do want to keep listening to the episode, I'm going to go into a bit more detail about why you might have a low appetite at various stages in your eating disorder and in recovery and how it might show up, why it might show up. This is just Helly who is now editing this episode. And what I want to say is that I'm going to be putting out a series of episodes on hunger in eating disorder recovery and with eating disorders. So this is the first in the series. But where I talk about hunger and appetite in this episode, I'm more talking about physical hunger and perceived mental hunger rather than all the more insidious ways that hunger can manifest for somebody with an eating disorder and in recovery. So that being said, I'll let you get on with the episode. Okay, 
So first of all, let's just talk a little bit about the phenomenon of extreme hunger, because that's the thing, isn't it? Whenever we talk these days about eating disorder recovery, the one thing that always jumps out is people talking about extreme hunger and that insatiable drive to eat that many people do experience as they begin to eat more food and begin to come out of the energy deficit that they've been forcing on their body within the illness, perhaps for years, for some even for decades. And I do understand why we talk about extreme hunger a lot, because it's frightening for people going through it, especially when those people around them have never experienced it, and they themselves understand very little about what's happening or why their hunger is taking them to levels that they feel that no human in the world ever, not even the most extreme of all extreme eaters, could or would ever eat. And the drive to eat with extreme hunger is also all the more terrifying because of the restrictive eating that came before it. Making any higher level of appetite and food intake feel extreme in comparison and also makes that then feel even more wrong to a brain that's really not used to breaking those old restrictive habits that it knows so very well. So I do understand why we talk so much about extreme hunger. It's a phenomenon that's largely unique to people coming out of long periods of energy deficit, and that, in this day and age, most commonly occurs through eating disorders, not solely through eating disorders, obviously, but commonly through eating disorders. And that makes it largely an unknown as a concept to the general public, or even actually to health professionals. And because of that, it's even more frightening and lonely to go through when you are in recovery and facing this insatiable hunger. So yeah, we need to talk about extreme hunger. As an eating disorder community, we need to talk about it so that people who are going through it do feel less alone and know that they're not broken when they do want to eat everything and more and yet still feel hungry. But we actually talk a lot less about the other end of the spectrum when it comes to hunger and eating disorder recovery, and that is low appetite or even zero appetite. And yet, even though we don't talk about lack of hunger, it's something that, in my experience, most people in recovery go through at some point, often at more than one stage in the recovery process. And I'd argue that it's just as terrifying and confusing to go through as when you have that insatiable hunger. Not having an appetite when you're in eating disorder recovery is hard, because this is when the need sets in to make yourself eat, even with that low appetite, even with no appetite, or even if you feel physically unwell or completely turned off by food, you still have to make yourself eat. So how do you allow yourself to eat all the foods that you understand that you should eat or that you need to eat when you feel physically stuffed, full, bloated or even nauseous. And low appetite is actually 
quite common at the early stage of recovery as your stomach is getting used to more food, but it can also show up at other stages in the process. And each time it hits, it can be equally uncomfortable, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally too, because it makes recovery and eating feel even more anxiety provoking than it already did. And for those in the later stages of recovery, Another common feature can be not just feeling a lack of physical hunger, but also finding they reach a point of finding food much less interesting and much less exciting than it was at the beginning of the recovery process. So with all that being said, I'm gonna take a closer look at the ways in which low appetite can appear at those various stages in recovery and some of the common reasons for that. So as I touched on just now, in the early stages of recovery, many people, not everyone, but many people, when they've been eating restrictively for you know, quite a significant amount of time with the illness, their hunger signals can be really quite significantly blunted. And those hunger signals will need to be pushed into life. And the way you push those hunger signals into life is with food because eating will then get the appetite going. So, okay, you don't have an appetite, but unfortunately at the beginning of the process, you're gonna to need to eat despite little appetite to stimulate your appetite. And the reason that you might not have much of an appetite in the early stage of recovery, well, there's a few reasons actually. So firstly, if you've been eating restrictively for some time, it's likely that your stomach capacity has shrunk. You'll have what they call slow gastric emptying, where it takes longer than it should for food to leave your stomach and process through your intestinal system. You might have things like constipation and eating more can lead to stomach cramps, stomach spasms, just as your stomach really starts to adjust to not just having more food within it that it's having to process, but also hopefully new food types as well that it's also having to get used to digest and create the necessary enzymes that it needs to do that. And all of that will create a perfect blend of early satiation, bloating, gas, and low physical appetite. But that being said, just because you don't feel hungry or your stomach feels stretched and bloated, it doesn't mean that your body is not very, very hungry. Your body is very, very hungry. And the other reason why you will have a low appetite at the beginning of recovery is because when you actually started in the illness to eat restrictively, it's very likely that at the beginning, your body tried desperately for a time to keep sending you hunger signals and use all the weapons it could to drive you to eat more food. But as you went on over time, eating restrictively, despite your body sending those hunger signals, your body will have decided that sending those signals was a complete waste of time because it's not getting anywhere. It wasn't resulting in you eating, so why bother sending the signals? And at the end of the day, creating and sending hunger signals is a process in itself that uses energy from the body. 
And if a body is living under a restrictive intake, it needs to preserve all the energy it can. So it's not going to waste precious resources on sending hunger signals when it knows that sending those signals isn't going to result in more food or more energy coming in. The other interesting thing is that blunted hunger signals as a response to prolonged energy deficit is also thought to be a survival mechanism of the body. So if we go back to our ancestors and their hunter-gatherer times, when being hungry was common when food was scarce in the environment, it was really important at those times that those hunter-gatherers could focus on finding food and on their baseline survival. But if actually they were getting such strong hunger signals from their body and feeling constantly famished, feeling hangry, which is when you know you get that feeling of being angry because you're overly hungry, then those ancestors of ours would have been too distracted by their hunger to actually get on with finding the food that they really desperately needed. So therefore, the human body blunting hunger signals if there's been prolonged energy deficit can be a way for it to try and survive so that the person isn't completely distracted from hunting and finding that food. And of course, in our ancestors' case, the hunger would be blunted for a time. They'd hopefully find and gather the food that they needed. Then they'd feast on it and they'd reawaken their natural hunger cues. And so that survival mechanism was always meant as a short-term measure and it was really useful to them. It's not something, of course, that evolved for people today who are restricting their food intake despite the fact that there's abundant food available in their environment and they're just choosing not to eat it because of a restrictive eating disorder. So for all these different reasons, as you start the recovery process, if you've been restricting your intake for a reasonable amount of time, you are going to need to begin to eat more food with much less restriction. And it's likely that you're going to have to do so despite having low or no appetite. And that's certainly, certainly low or no physical appetite, but very possibly your mental hunger will also be lower than it is later on as you begin to eat more. And this, as I said, is when you have to eat in order to stimulate your appetite. Because when you do start to eat at the beginning of the recovery process, despite having little or no appetite, it's going to have the effect of giving that much needed hunger a little poke and it will help to switch that hunger on. And for some people in recovery, that reawakening of the appetite can happen quite gradually. And for others, it can happen suddenly and dramatically once they begin to eat more. But either way, eating can bring on the hunger. And so when you do start to eat more, it has the effect of allowing your body to begin to trust that food is more abundantly available in your environment. And so sending you signals to keep on eating might actually get results, as in you might actually respond and eat even more of the good foods it so desperately, desperately needs to heal. So basically then, all of this is to say that most people in recovery, especially at the beginning, but later on in the process too, and 
particularly those of you who've been doing recovery, in inverted commas, in a less restrictive but actually still quite restrictive way, you need to eat more in order to get your hunger and appetite to its true high level. And then as you move through the recovery process, because let's face it, eating disorder recovery is a very lengthy process, which can take months and for most people will take at least a year, maybe more, to really and truly fully heal on a mental and physical level. Over that time, it's natural that your hunger will be up and down, and that's for a number of reasons. Some of which you might be able to identify at the time that it's happening, and others that will be a simple result of whatever your body happens to be doing internally at that moment. And whatever that is, you don't need to know about it. You just need to respond to the hunger signals that you're getting. And of course, as I said, during the recovery process, it's likely that extreme hunger is likely to hit at various points and at different times as well in the process. When you do get the extreme hunger, don't question it. Just let it drive you to where you need to be. So if you get the extreme hunger, just eat, go for it. But there are also going to be times when the extreme hunger levels are not quite so extreme. And at those times, you're responsible still to eat good amounts of food and ensure your intake doesn't drop to a restrictive level again. But there are also going to be periods in recovery when you're likely to experience symptoms that make eating a lot more really, really quite difficult. You might have days in which you feel sick and nauseous. You might get acid reflux. You are almost certainly gonna get severe bloating at times, stomach cramps, spasms, constipation, diarrhea. All these good things that can make the thought of putting more food in your belly feel physically very, very uncomfortable. And as I said earlier, that of course will make it more mentally uncomfortable as well. But for recovery, despite the physical symptoms making your appetite lower, you still have to make yourself keep eating a high baseline amount of food. Because if you stop doing that, then you will risk any energy deficit and that energy deficit could be enough to reawaken those disordered urges and thoughts and take you back into the eating disorder mindset once again. And you really, really don't want that. And then for those of you who've made it towards the end of the recovery process, and a huge congratulations if you have, you're likely to also experience more fluctuations in your appetite and find that it's probably naturally reducing slightly over time from the extreme hunger levels that you have experienced. As your body reaches its set point weight or even goes into overshoot in order to really complete all the internal physical repairs that your body needs to do, your hunger levels will naturally reduce slightly. But this can also be a really dangerous time for most people because it's at this point in time that recognizing your true hunger cues and trusting your body in the hunger signals it's sending you is still a skill that you're very much developing and one that can still be led astray quite easily by those lingering disordered thoughts which are not overly happy with your newfound bigger body. 
So at this point in recovery, when your hunger really and truly is starting to level off slightly because you really, really have achieved your full physical restoration, and again, got to say that your full physical restoration is not a target weight on a BMI chart. It's fully physically restored according to how high a weight your body decides it needs to go. At this point in time, you're going to need to be really vigilant to ensure that you continue to eat enough. And by enough, I mean really quite a lot. And you're going to need to keep your eating disorder radar switched on strongly to ensure that you recognize if it is drive to restrict or use compensatory behaviors because of your recent weight gain doesn't sneak back in while you're happily trying to justify to yourself and those around you that your appetite's reducing because you're recovered, when actually deep down you know that's not quite true. Always keep that eating disorder radar switched on strongly because if you don't, there's always that risk that the eating disorder will creep back in even towards the end of this process. So those are some of the reasons why you might have a lower appetite during the recovery process. So with that all being said, surely the question now has to be asked, what do you do with no appetite in recovery? And most people with eating disorders who've learned enough about recovery and what it takes will understand the concept that if you are thinking about food or if you have any signs of hunger at all, then you should be eating, responding to all signs of that mental or physical hunger wherever and whenever possible. And a lot of people now advocate that if you keep following all your hunger signals, your mental hunger signals, your physical hunger signals, that those alone will drive you to eat a significant amount of food, help you to break your disordered and restrictive habits, and guide you to mental and physical recovery. But what happens if you don't feel that you do have any mental or physical hunger signs? Does that mean that you just don't eat until you do? I think that most of you listening are probably intelligent enough to understand that your eating disorder recovery won't get very far if you stop eating for long periods because you don't feel hungry. In fact, your recovery probably won't even get off the ground if you do only eat when hunger signals strike. So yes, you do have to eat an eating disorder recovery, even if you have a low appetite or no appetite, and even if you're feeling sick and unwell. That's what sucks about eating disorder recovery. You have to go through it, you have to push yourself to eat no matter what. And because I've been talking for quite a while now, I'm going to sign off for this episode. But in my next episode, I'm going to provide some tips to help you to keep eating in your recovery if you have a low appetite or if you have no appetite. So stay tuned for that episode, which will be coming out any day around now, hopefully. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening. I'm Helly. If you want to know more about me, you'll find me on hellybarns.com. And otherwise, keep eating, even if you've got no appetite. Keep eating and push that appetite into life, and it will soon find its way back to you 
and then it will drive you forwards in your recovery like nothing else can. Keep going, you can do it. Speak soon, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.